You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker CuzCast for all podcast updates and more. Well, Matt Rule's first spring game is in the books. It ended with a 21-7 white win. And this one is a little bit different. You know, you'd expect that the number one offense would be red, but this one was white. But uh, overall, interesting game uh, <laughs> is what I should say. But uh, uh, Derek, what were your what was your uh, biggest takeaway from this game here? Well, I think your biggest takeaway has to be the sloppiness of the offense. When you have eight turnovers in a game, it was between the both offenses. I get it. But it was still eight turnovers in a game. When you see that, you see how many fumbles there were. There were eight fumbles. Uh, six of them were lost. There were two interceptions. Ah, man, it just it was sloppy. That, that's, I guess, my best way to describe this game. Tyler, what was your biggest takeaway from this game? I mean, I... I know we're going to get into positions, but my biggest takeaway was quarterbacks. You know, I, I think quarterback had been a position of strength for so long, and there was a lot of promise around a couple of these guys, and I, I really largely left the spring game underwhelmed on our quarterback play. And I think when you look at the spring game, that's kind of been a really chance to star, and that's where you start. And I, yeah, I think that was the biggest takeaway is that the, for the first time in a long time, we're entering a season where I'm not 100% confident in that position. You're underwhelmed with the quarterback position. That was my biggest takeaway. I, wow. Again, all the, all the hype. Again, we'll get into this more, so I don't want to give it all away now. But there was a lot of hype around a couple guys, and I just think that largely they didn't deliver that. So my biggest takeaway from this game is we got some playmakers, some young playmakers on this team. And we're going to be in good shape and uh, headed down the road, but uh, I like there was a lot of flashes of some really good star-studded talent there. I mean, I that was my takeaway, and this is kind of weird because I haven't been this optimistic in a long time now. But uh, I'm I'm happy about the future of where we could be headed. So, Tyler, what did you think about the spring game format overall? Um. Well, I I really you know. I have always been kind of a ones versus twos. I, I kind of have liked that format, but I will say I really enjoyed a lot of the ones versus ones. It was good seeing good on good. Um, it, it was awesome to see, uh, you know, th- that aspect of it playing out. Um, I will say, yeah, so I think that's the positive. I, I was a little bit surprised how late uh, the in the game this went. And again, another personal preference. I've always liked late in the games, the, guys that will never see the field get a chance to play that fourth quarter and end the game and a little bit disappointed some of those guys really didn't get a chance to shine but overall like it was so much better than what we've seen under the last few years under frost uh so i mean again generally very positive um again my biggest i guess knock on it would be that i i do enjoy that late game shine since these guys won't ever see the field you like the part when everybody jumps on their phone and scrolls through twitter while watching this the end of the spring game right that, that's what's what you like 
I assumed that's what everyone was doing anyway. I and mean, we didn't score a touchdown in like two and a half quarters. Well, could be. Uh, Derek, what did you think about the spring game format this year? It was good. I, I have no complaints about it. I, it's good seeing ones versus ones. I was it was tackling, you know, and the, the quarterbacks were live. I, I appreciated that. Uh, it, it was good. I liked the format. I thought I have no complaints about it. So, what did you think about the kickoff? So, in this game, in the spring game, they went to an XFL style kickoff where. Oh. The guy kicks off, but uh, nobody can move. The uh, The coverage team or the returners, they cannot move until the ball has been touched. And they're, okay. I don't know, they're lined up like, a, what, the 25 and 35-yard line or something? What did you think so, of that? So you, I guess I do have a complaint. That was stupid. Really? I, I loved it. it. I hated it. And I hope to God that college football and NFL does not try to adapt to that. That XFL thing is it was just dumb. I, I hated it. If a guy breaks through that line, he's gone. There's nobody back there to catch him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like that. That that makes it too easy to return a touchdown, I think. Tyler, what did you think of that uh format? A one steak sauce, baby. That that's exactly what this is. Why mess up a good thing? Like, is someone sitting there thinking, man. You know what I need? I need a lot crappier kickoff situation. You know that league that no one watches? Let's start copying what they're doing since no one watches it. So the alternative is no kickoffs. So at least you get to see ball handlers. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Why is that the alternative? Because Matt Rule wasn't going to do the uh, uh, regular kickoffs. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I, I will say that that is a weird line to draw. Like, yeah, we'll let our quarterbacks get sacked and hit in the backfield, but kickoffs is where we draw the line. Like, that seems like a really weird line to put in the sand. I don't know. I, I was a fan of it. I, I think because it was a little bit different and, you know, it had potential for big plays because that's what we all want anyway out of the uh, spring game anyway, right? We, we want to see some big explosive plays, and that had the potential for it. We didn't get to see it, but it had the potential. So I would be remiss if uh, we did not talk about Frank Solich. So Frank Solich was honored in this game. Uh, Derek, what did you think about Frank Solich here? Why do you have to go to me? It was great. Good job. The curse is broken. Yay, let's move on. Wow. Elaborate, please. Not not a fan? You, you know, you guys know I don't care about this. I, I, I didn't care. I told you I didn't care about this before. It was not a big deal to me. Like, okay, he came back. Great. Tyler, help me out I here. Was, I thought it was great. I mean, this this was, it was really cool to see. I, I, I was in attendance, so I got a little bit of like watching him on the sidelines a little bit leading up to it. It was really cool to see. I enjoyed uh, that they made a big deal about him. Uh, you know, obviously this has been a debate for many years. I'm kind of in the camp now that time is age that he got a raw deal in his departure. I know we don't need to rehash that, put that to the side. But I think that a guy who was on the staff in player for 40, whatever it is, 40, 50 years, whatever the hell it was, I don't it, like, I feel it was great to honor him in the way that they did. And, the fact that he hadn't been in Memorial Stadium in over 
20 years just made it even a little bit more special. Yeah. I thought I thought it was a great moment. It was, it was really good, you know. So, Derek. D- well, first off, everybody talks about him not being in Memorial State for 20 years. He was coaching at Ohio for 20 years. It's a little tough to just skip your own game, come back to Memorial Stadium. Just by weeks. Come on. So. How, how many coaches are going to do that? I got a bye week. I'm going to go watch my former team that fired me. Happens all the time. I don't know. So, Derek, did you even think it was cheesy? So, what they did is uh, they actually put the 45-yard markers on the field. Then also, to start off the game, Matt Rule ran a fullback uh, play or or play with the fullback and then handed Frank Solich that ball from the carry. Derek, did you think that was cheesy as shit, too? No, because I was right. I told you guys last week my... My uh, hot take was, or my bold prediction was that they would run a fullback play right off the bat, and they did. Wasn't a surprise. I, Were you surprised game, about I, handing Frank Solis the ball, though? Any of this surprise guess, you or shock you, or did you like any of it? I guess it surprised me, but sure, I liked it. Whatever. Tyler, how did that stadium react when that happened? Standing ovation. Was it? I don't know. Good I for them. Good for them. I don't hate Frank Solich. I don't have any beef with Frank Solich. I just, I, it's an odd thing to have to, that we think that we think we need to honor him, I guess. What? The 45-yard line thing I did think was kind of cool. They I, named I a like locker, the locker room after him, though. I get it. You're just a hard ass tonight, Derek. <laughs> this is going to be a crazy episode, I think. Tyler, uh, you know, you know what? Before we get into this, I because, feel because like that, that's that's my biggest concern is what we're calling our locker room. How about we win some frigging games? How about we worry about that first? You know what I love about this right now? We've been doing this podcast long enough where we started with Derek being the Scrooge and angry about everything, and then Justin was that guy, and we've officially gone full circle where Derek <laughs> is just pissed off at everything Husker related, and Justin is just like like giddy again it's kind of a lot's changed in eight years guys and you know your taste buds change every seven years right so we're (laughs) we're hitting that cycle we're hitting the cycle i i just you know derek i i i think the spring game one of the things that's fun and i you know they don't do the the pledge where the kids get on the field but like one of the things that's fun is this kind of nostalgic throwback fun little crap they do and i know that frank solich was the center of it this year and i think that's as good a person to throw at it as anyone and i i i i'm all for the nostalgia and fun little throwbacks there again it's fine i'm just not gonna get excited about it. i don't get excited about that stuff i get excited about the football part that's what i'm here for is the football part all right so let's get back to the football so based off of what you saw out of this spring game here derek uh, did this change your outlook for the season and how? Oh, it absolutely did. And not in a good way at all. I, I originally thought, ah, we're probably a 7-9 to nine win team. I, I honestly believe that. I looked at our schedule, thought it panned out pretty well. Now I'm looking at a 3-6 to six win team. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tyler. The, 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 that offense was atrocious. I, it was so... Sloppy. I don't know how you're never going to win games like that. 
Well, I don't disagree with you, Derek, that the, the turnovers and the balls on the ground and the missed snaps, all that slop was very concerning. Um, but it, it was it was to the point where I was sitting here wondering what Brian Ferentz was doing today. Oh, my God. That's a little extreme. That is extreme. Uh, uh, I mean, no comment on that. that that's, that's too far. Yeah. All right. All right. That, that might be a little far. I, 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 I kid. But it was pretty bad. But 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 to answer the question, Justin, no, it didn't change mine. You know, the, the the couple of the things that I've kind of said on this podcast already is I I think we're a team that's bowling next year. I think that the seven and nine wins that Derek talked about is kind of the range I thought. I didn't change that stance. I thought we were going to be a defensive led team. I I that doubled down on that take. I think we're going to have a very good defense this year. Uh, so the things that I really thought, like a lot of the spring game, just backed up what I saw. I. I was not near as bad down on this offense as Derek was. Again, especially consider I think they're going against probably one of the three or four best defenses they're going to face all year. So my outlook... Or did that defense look so good because the offense was trash? Chicken or the egg? We're going going with the chicken. (laughs) So my outlook has changed a little bit also because based off of the last five years of this program... Uh, I I thought it was going to be way too much for what Matt Rule had to do and come in. So I was thinking, you know, maybe five wins, maybe six headed into the season. But now I really feel like we are finally going to cover. Tyler's cringing already. Tyler is cringing already. It's just so hilarious. That we are finally going to witness a winning season for the first time since our first year of doing the podcast, 2016, we got to see a winning season. And I think we get there this year. I, I swear to God. Do you guys ever see those clips online where they people edit videos to have Skip Bayless arguing against himself? <laughs> I honest to God think you guys could do this with YouTube. Like, why are you such a naysayer? I just, you could literally just flip this around. Like, it is just amazing. So the difference is we have a new coach in and a coach that I think knows what the hell he's doing. And from what he's instilled in the first 15 practices, and I mean, I saw a lot. It was not great, you know, uh, from top to bottom. Yeah, there, there's a big separation from our first string guys to, you know, second, third string. I get it. But our first string guys, they can compete. There's some playmakers out there. And we got some good young guys also. So that makes me think that the future is going to be pretty solid headed down the road also. But yeah, I mean, I'm not thinking, I'm not saying nine wins right now, Tyler. Uh, but seven wins is definitely, I think it's in the cards. I mean, it's on the hey, table. Hold on. Let me let me tell you guys. It's not that I don't think the future's bright. It's not that I don't think Matt Rule is going to turn us around because I still believe he's going to. I just think this is going to be a rough year. He he's had rough first years throughout his career, and after seeing a spring game, I kind of think he's going to have another fir- rough first year. It won't be a one or two win season, but I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's probably bowling. You don't think we go bowling? Probably not. Wow. Conversation for a different day. Let's get more into this breakdown. I got to hear why Derek. I want to hear what Derek saw that was so bad. Yeah. So, so let's let's go, get into this. So we're going to break it down by position group on offense and defense. So uh, actually, I want to start with you, Tyler, since you're not a Jeff Sims fan. So let's start off with the quarterback. Your thoughts on well, there. 
I mean, so I I would say to say I'm not a Jeff Sims fan is probably an overstatement. I, I, I'm probably in the camp that Derek is that like I I thought he played good. Um I think that the the people pretending like he is clearly the 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 starter is a little bit of a stretch over Casey Thompson. But I again I kind of hit this earlier. The the biggest takeaway for me is like we Casey Thompson needs to be in a Husker uniform next year, and so does Jeff Sims. Because we've got no quarterbacks behind him, um, you know. I I think that you I left that game thinking that Chuba Purdy was probably the guy who played the second best game, and I but and even he was just completely unimpressive. Um, now his wide receivers <laughs> didn't help at all, and he was throwing to uh, not a lot of good athletes, but guys that won't see the field but he yeah it was a bad situation it, it was kind of funny to see that we went into our two-minute warning only to see it end the same way we've seen every two-minute warning end for the last five years <laughs> was that adrian martinez at the end or what <laughs> right march down the field and throw an interception by the end zone yeah he was making every good time plays. every time he, yeah he's making good plays with his feet and all that stuff and uh his arm and then nope that doesn't give you a lot of warm and fuzzies there. So I'm buying stock in Jeff Sims. If there's somebody that I'm buying stock in, I didn't realize that Jeff Sims would have the arm that he did. Coming from Georgia Tech, you're kind of like, you know, is he a good passer or is he just a running quarterback? But uh, So I had my concerns, but the way that he was uh, throwing the ball, he, yeah, he's got he, an arm. He, you have to remember that over the last four or five years, Georgia Tech went to a pro-style offense. They're not that triple-option offense that they were. Still. Still. Here, here, look, Jeff Sims' arm was good. Like I, I was impressed with his arm, but he did not make any throws that I don't think Casey Thompson's made. He didn't have any throws that I was like, oh, my goodness, how did he make that throw? Casey Thompson, I still think, probably had just as good or a better arm. Uh but his arm was a lot better than I expected. Where I expected him to be better was his running. And I, I was not impressed with his running. Outside of one play where basically two defenders his collided and he ran in yeah. for a touchdown. And outside of that one run, I was not impressed. He was getting, you know, he got blitzed a few times. He didn't get away from a lot of, of defenders. Uh, one play, I think he did. And he still only got like two yards out of that play. Other than that, he got tackled for a loss quite a few times. He, he for for a guy that, at least according to Matt Rule, has is a four four guy, which is almost as fast as Trey Palmer. He did not look fast. So I I don't I don't know. Like I I guess I just expected more out of his legs and what what I seen. I, I wasn't impressed with that part. But his arm, I definitely was a lot better than I expected it to be. So bringing Casey Thompson into the picture, I mean, Tyler, you're exactly right. There's a huge drop-off from Jeff Sims to the rest of the quarterbacks, right? And we're going to talk about the transfers a little bit later. But uh, there's a huge drop-off. So we absolutely need Jeff Sims and Casey Thompson uh, to be in uniform. So whoever starts, I tend to think that Jeff Sims probably has the edge Slight edge because he went through spring camp. He's handpicked by the coaches. And I think, I think, uh, 
in this offense that uh, that Matt Rule wants to run. I think Jeff Sims is probably a more of a fit. Uh, not saying that Casey Thompson can't run the ball because we saw him run for his life last year. But, you know, with that being said, you know, can he survive the entire season, which makes it necessary for Jeff Sims to be there. But uh, I just I think Jeff Sims has the slight edge. But I, I liked what I saw out of him. What I didn't the- like to s- like what I saw was my dark horse on offense uh, from last week's episode, and that was Harburg. And I expected a lot more out of him because all we heard through spring camp was Harburg this, Harburg that. We saw the highlights of him that the uh, Husker football they were posting, and the you know that big block that he threw on uh, Gifford. I mean, we we were led to believe that he was could be, you know, competing for that starting p- position in spring camp, right? Where he's in the top two. Man, he had a rough game. He could not throw for shit. He couldn't complete a ball until, what, the fourth quarter? He had it negative passing bad. yards. He had negative passing yards. On yeah. Like, to, I to, mean, be, to be fair, there was about three or four drops from wide receivers that he threw the, the that, weapon, that, were well, that were well throwing balls. He had some bad throws. He, I mean, but he had some – there were some drops that you can't put all on him. The wide receivers didn't help him. Um, and we'll break that down in a second. I will say this, and I, to be fair to Harburg, even though I have been the guy who has kind of, I think I've been called the Harburg hate hater on the podcast over the last couple of weeks, and I, I'm an advocate of him changing positions because, to Justin's point, the highlight out of camp was him throwing a block, um, and that I still think he's a good athlete. But even if I moving him to aside, offensive line. I mean, maybe. Uh, I, uh, I don't know why you wouldn't run him to put, move him on to running back. Hell, he had end. the long. He had the longest run of the day. Fullback, tight end, by far. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you could do with him. I think still, I think he's a good player. But where I was going with that is might be the best running back on the team. Okay, Derek, let's calm your bridges a little bit over here, dude. Uh, <laughs> going back up the hate truck. Uh, let's 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 the, the the hate's coming out a little strong for April 25th here. Drink your but, beer. But what I was going to say is that. It was just one game, it, and I don't want to make – if he looked great all of camp, maybe he deserves to be in that spot of that number two, but it, it was just a bad showing for him, um, and it definitely did not make me feel better about him not moving positions, which I think is what he needs to do, and obviously we, we'll talk about the transfer portal. Now I don't think he can. I think you have to keep him at quarterback with yeah. our current state. Yeah. Um, he, he's probably fourth string, but – Still, I mean, I, I I would say that you have to keep him at quarterback. Yeah. All right, let's talk about running backs. Derek, you have a lot of thoughts on running backs, I'm sure. Yeah, I, this was uh, what I would have considered the best position we had moving into this game. And I was literally not impressed with this group at all. Uh, our longest run by a running back was 11 yards by Anthony Grant. It was just inconsistent all day. They they gained six yards here and then lose two or three yards on the next play. It was I, I just was not impressed with these running backs. None of them just took the ball and ran like I thought they should. Nobody gained any gap on the other. The one guy I thought looked de- pretty somewhat decent was Romero Johnson. And they've already said they're going to move him around, so we'll probably, which probably means we won't see him all fall. Um, 
I, I look, I, I know these guys are capable because we, we we know what we have out of Anthony Grant. Gabe Irvin's been uh, decent in his limited time so far. Uh, so so it's not that these guys aren't capable, but they definitely didn't have a good in the spring game. Tyler, your thoughts on running backs? Well, I, I don't know if I would agree with you, Derek, that they didn't look impressive. Um, they, but I will agree with you this. My biggest takeaway is there is no gap between one and three. Um, I think you're, you are walking into the fall with a three-headed monster. Um, I know you guys in the past have really advocated that you can't. You need one or two guys, and having like a room of three is probably struggling. I, I think you're in a situation where it is going to be a three-man rotation because I saw no gap between them, and not in a bad way. I, I don't think they played near as bad as what Derek is leading them on. Dude, to be. Okay, I, hold on, hold on. Listen, Ramirez Johnson averaged 5.8 yards per carry. Phenomenal. Looked good. Only had six carries, though, so I don't know what to take out of that. Anthony Grant averaged 2.4 yards per carry. Gabe Irvin, 2.5 yards per carry. Bonner, impressive. He had four yards per carry. But you're not going to run a fullback play with him 40 times a game. Uh, A.J. Allen had three yards per carry, and Emmett Johnson had two yards per carry. Like, that's not impressive, guys. Again, I think a little bit has to be... That's that's not a good way to establish a run game. I would say that a little bit has to do with the the rotation on, like, I mean, they would take a lot of gap from each other. Um, So there would be, you know, a quarter basically in between series sometimes for these guys. They, they definitely did not get a routine. I think the defense is a big part of that. Um, so I, so, I think so the offensive de- line did defensive, their part. This defense that couldn't stop the run last year, all of a sudden is the best stop, best group to stop the run now? I that's think a Tony that, White defense right there, man. He Tony doesn't fuck White around. defense right there. Look, I, I was impressed with the defense, and we'll get into them later, but I, to, to sit here and tell me that they turned, turned a corner that much and – one spring, I, I think that's a little bit well, far fetched. I'm buying that stock. I'm buying that stock that this defense has turned a corner that much in spring, and I, I, I still am confident in that running back room. I, I, I have nothing has changed. The only thing is, is about if you asked me about a month ago, I, I thought it was Anthony Grant's room, and at this point, I don't see it that way. And not anything against him. I think that the running back played well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I get that their numbers were overwhelming, but what I saw from the eye test is they were making cuts, they were hitting holes. Uh, Anthony Grant wasn't dancing around. Irvin had looked like he had rebound. Ramir Johnson played well. Um, I, I thought we ha- we're walking into with the big three at running back. So what I'm who's not going to do who's is your big three. I, he keeps talking about the big three. I have to ask, well, who's your big three? It's, then? it's Gabe, Anthony Grant, and Ramir. It's not AJ. AJ, I mean, I, I think that injuries maybe de- derailed him. I think he's still a fourth place guy. I mean, he had a concussion this spring. Sounds like missed some time. Obviously recovering from injury. I think he's going to need more time. In the event of an injury or two, I think he's capable of stepping back into that role. I'm not writing him off because of the spring. I think our backup offensive line is a huge issue, and he had no holes to go off of. And you saw the backup offensive line take some snaps too with the first team, which anytime they got in, holes died but uh 
again, I think the running back room is still as solid as I thought they were a month ago. I, I, I see not their regression at this point. Yeah, so what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to judge the running back room based off of this game because they have plenty of live game film from playing actual games to back it up. I mean, we know what we're getting with Anthony Grant. We know what we're getting with Gabe Irvin when he's played. Uh, we, we know we, we didn't get to see a lot of it last year, but we know what we're getting with Ramir Johnson. And also when A.J. Allen was healthy last year, we know what we're getting out of those guys. So whatever the, and, was and, shown, and I alluded to that too. I, I, I understand that there's still potential and there's still, these guys aren't just falling off the charts. So, I mean, I guess it's different. But the, but the, one, area, the, the one area where they did get worse is they started to fumble on the ball now. And hopefully that was just a... But it's not. And that's what makes it so concerning is because uh, Matt Rule talked about this the last scrimmage, how much we were putting the ball on the ground. Yeah, because... Originally, I thought, well, maybe it's just coach because you put the ball on the ground one time, it's too many times. I get it. But after watching this game, I don't think it was a couple times. Like, I think this is a problem. Remember... uh, we did not do this on the podcast but uh, last week, but what I wanted to do is like do an over-under on how many turnovers we would see. And I set that over-under at 7.5 on the, for the game. What would you guys have d- said if, had I done that? You would have said under, Tyler? Oh, yeah, I would have said under. Yeah. I did not ex- but I also didn't expect to have eight fumbles and two interceptions. Yeah. I... I- it was sloppy, guys. I, the, the offense yeah, it was sloppy. sloppy. They, they, got, they got to clean that up. They have to clean that up. But, you know, I mean, it hasn't been a problem for those guys, uh, by large, since they've been at Nebraska. So, Which is why I think it's concerning, because it's not, it's not usually a problem that just rises up in the middle of your career, most generally speaking. Well, so why, why is it rising up at this point? Because it, it has not been a problem. Maybe we'll find out there's, like, brand-new footballs, and they're slick. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely a concern. All right, let's move on to the wide receivers because this is a group since we that we've been talking this spring. Tyler, me and you, we have not been high on this group uh, through spring. Uh, we've had a lot of question marks. Derek, uh, what did you think about the wide receiver wide receivers in this game? Overall, that your, your top couple guys were really good. Uh, I, I'm buying into Billy Kemp. I, I kind of bought into him before the spring game. I, I thought he did a good job getting open. Uh, he had three catches. Uh, he, he, every time he caught the ball, he was wide open. So if this was like uh, I, 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 mad money on CNBC, you'd be like, <laughs> bye, bye, bye. Yeah, I, I like Billy Kemp. I, I, he looked like a re- looked like a, he's going to be a really good guy to, to have on the team. Uh, Marcus Washington, I think, is the same as he was last year. He's going to be a reliable second option uh the third option i i think there's a couple options out there with josh fleeks he, he kind of impressed me a little bit in that game uh especially with returns i don't know so much about receiver yet but but we know he's athletic we know we can do it xavier Betts, i'm not giving up on him I, I he didn't do much in the spring game but we still we know what we're getting out of him too uh the, the depth is a little concerning still but Overall, when you got Billy Kemp out there, I, I think it's a good. I think it's a good thing. I, I, you guys were concerned about having a number one guy. I think he's very capable of being that number one guy. 
Tyler, your thoughts on wide receiver? Well, I would say my biggest takeaway was I, I'm with you on the Sims. I, I don't know if I, I was definitely not high on him a, a few weeks ago, and I, I don't know if I'm quite as high as you are, Derek, but in a lot of ways he made me a believer. Um, certainly ta- you they, said Sims. Who are you talking about? I, I'm sorry, Kep. Um, yeah, see, I can't. So sometimes I get names confused, but yeah. I, Kep, Welcome Kep, to TJ's Butcher Shop. <laughs> You know, Derek, <laughs> you're just an asshole sometimes. Uh, but but no, Billy Kemp made, uh, made me a believer in the sense that there was doubt that could he be, you know, honestly, I had doubt if he even could be the number two guy. Like, I was like, I, I don't know where get. I, I feel like yeah. I'm at least confident to say that he, he's definitely a number two, if not a number one. Um, you know, I feel good about where he's at. He looked quick. Um, you know, I don't think he got a lot of separation, but again, I put a lot more of that on our defense than him. Um, didn't have a lot of action, but again, I, nothing just, uh, just what I saw. I liked, I feel good about where he's at right now. Yeah. Billy Kemp. I mean, that guy, I think he was as advertised. I know why the coaching staff brought him here. That dude could get open. I mean, he was doing it against our number ones. Uh, and you know what? We've never had a problem with our defensive backs, and he was getting creating separation easily uh, from them. He's getting into those open little seams and finding the open spaces on the field. He's a stud. Marcus Washington, we already knew what we were getting at. He's he's a stud too. But uh, this is where it comes into my concerns. Was after that. You know, the depth is just kind of scary right there. There's, I mean, we have two wide receivers that I trust. And then there's a few guys that have potential. And these are some guys that have played a lot of football in their careers. And we're still talking about potential. And so th- that is scary. I mean. Let, let me bring this to, to uh, just to, just to raise it up here. The, the one, the one, I think the one different thing between Matt Rule and, and like Scott Frost. With Scott Frost, we needed seven, eight guys that could be receivers, good receivers, because of that fast-paced offense. But with him slowing the offense down, we're not going to need quite as many receivers out to be able to go out there as we did because they're not going to get us tired because they're not going to run 100 plays a game. That's a fair point, Derek. Uh, but I would say this is, do you think we are five deep right now? I mean, because, again, you're not going to run three out there the whole game. And, again, maybe we run some more 12 packages. We're going to have a fullback. We know that. Um, I, I think you will. I think you're going to see a lot of 12 packages and so, to, just to give the wide receiver some breaks. So, I I, I don't know. Ty, tired to go five deep. I, I, I got four guys I'd feel pretty fairly comfortable with right now. Uh, maybe Malachi Coleman can come in and learn his offense fast enough yeah, to, I be, think, I, I think he's the guy. to be a I think guy he's the that guy. Can make the six, to make a sixth guy. I'm not saying he would be the sixth guy, but I'm just saying to give you a sixth guy. Uh, but yeah, you, I mean, because I, I think Josh Fleeks and I'm and, and Xavier Betts are still capable guys. Well, Fleeks, you're higher on than I am because I, I I did not see anything in that game that made me think he will even see the field. Um, like not alone be a, a comparable player. Um, I Betts, you know, we we were all high on his talent. You know, he obviously stepped away from the program, but even before that, I think there was some question marks about what was he was he capable of making the step that we all 
think because of his talent. And I think that that spring game certainly didn't make you say like, oh yeah, he's prime for a breakout year. Um, yeah, you know, again, I, I want to keep it with the positive on this one because I, th- I think my biggest takeaway was Billy Kemp. I think that, you know, Robinson looked like what I thought he was going to. Every, everyone kind of thought, it kind of fell in line to what I Robinson. expected. Washington. Um, and then I didn't say Washington. You said Robinson. Um, but it is Washington. <laughs> we know you didn't say Washington. You said Robinson. I don't know why I do that. I don't know why I do that every damn time. Goddamn Wandale. You know why? Because you own TJ's Butcher Shop. <laughs> Proud sponsor of the Husker Cuz cast. <laughs> Come get your prime rib. Freshly cut. All right, you're pissing Tyler off, Derek. Stop being a dick. All right, I'm sorry. Tyler, you're still my favorite cousin. Hey, dick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Tight ends. Let's talk about tight ends now. Tyler, we're going to go to you. Well, I think uh, my biggest takeaway in this one is I think, Derek, you were right about that tight end room. Because that, that I, I would say probably the biggest disappointment in the spring game was that room for me. Um was it? You know, I, I that I I think was I think that was the biggest disappointment in the room. I I you know you had you had really high hope Fedoni and I know he's been injured and again I'm certainly not writing him off for the fall. Um, you had high hopes for Eric Gilbert. The drops were concerning. He had two pretty easy attempts and again he didn't make any big plays to make up for the two drops. It's not like he had two drops, but he also had this great catch over the top and. Or he had in, fact, in fact, he had zero catches. Yeah, in fact, he had zero. And it wasn't like he beat coverage. because, And he was on the two, so he wasn't going against the number one defense. So he doesn't even have that excuse of like, well, he's going against the best of the best. So, um, Sell, sell, sell. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, I mean, again, I, I when we, when we whenever we reevaluate the position group, I think the tight ends will definitely be reflected a lot lower than I initially I, I will I will say this when you talk about the the ones and the twos on the defense that that was one thing that I came across with that I was just overly impressed with you, you talk about drop off and there was not really a lot of drop off between the red defense and the white defense the only reason the white really scored as many points as they did was because of all the turnovers hey I gotta ask you guys something but sorry go ahead so the tight end room, we've been talking, and you know, media's been talking. You know, Fedoni, Eric Gilbert, those are your tight ends. I Brookerture, mean, are maybe. we? Yeah, I mean, are is everybody wrong? A Brookerture is the number one tight end. He, I, I he know Fedoni got the, the start. He got the he start. The Brookerture had a great catch, and he made he made plays where other people weren't, and he might be. One A and Fedoni might be one B. I he led the team in reception. He led the team in receptions and yards. I I am selling. I don't think he'll be our number one tight end. Um, not saying he won't play. Maybe he'll be number two. But don't is, he, but, is he one B then? If Fedoni is one A, because think, he I, he cannot be he cannot possibly be behind Eric Gilbert at this point, right? I mean, I I, I think Eric Gilbert. There's question marks in where he is eligibility and maybe that's why he was with the twos maybe if he was healthy again we're not in every practice i think a wild card in that room is uh the fullback slash tight end in bonner 
Um, I think he looked he looked pretty impressive, and you know when you talk about this, it's kind of semantics at that point. But like, is he going to actually get the number two tight end steps? I think that's definitely on the board. Uh, I I I think Barker was definitely a bright spot in the spring game, and especially in the tight end room. Uh, so I I don't know. I was overall pretty happy with him. Yeah, I I liked. I mean. It was it was a shock to me seeing him, you know, uh, I mean, coming into second play of the game. I, I don't know. I guess I shouldn't have been shocked because he had a hell of a year last year. But, you know, when, when you go all spring and you're hearing nothing but Fedoni and Eric Gilbert and all of a sudden he makes a huge play right off the bat, it's like, wait a second. Nobody's talking about this guy during spring. And what's he doing out here? Still I mean, doing the has- same stuff as last year. I mean... He's the he forgotten guy. Has, he has the biggest play of the whole spring game. Uh, and I'm hoping it's not a, a, a wine master type of it, it was a play against the number one defense. I it, mean, it was. I, yeah. it, it, was a, it was a great play. He was open. Great catch. Uh, Jenner and Bonner, though. Tyler, you're. I was impressed. Like, that guy... I, Played fullback, tight end. I know that's the role that he's going to kind of play both of those positions back and forth. But like a guy to for a guy to go from wide receiver and fill in this hybrid role as well as he did in one spring was pretty impressive. Right, let's talk to Tyler about his favorite position group, and this is offensive line. So. I want to preference this that I uh, was not wowed by this offensive line room. However, I think look what I saw in the spring game, that number one unit might be our best offensive line we've seen in a half decade. Ooh. I, th- I, I think that they overall did okay in what we saw because they were, there was a lot of blitzes thrown their way. There was a lot of things thrown at him. I thought they had run the the first unit was run block. Whenever we watched the spring game, I think there was a clear drop off when they were not in the game versus when the number two or they kind of started mixing up the offensive line group. I I truly did. I thought they they played really good football. I thought their pass protection was better. I thought Ben Hart looked better. Um, I kept trying to pay attention to him when he was on the field because there had been so much hype around him. Uh, I thought Corcoran looked better. Um, you know, I can't, I'm not going to say I called it. I'm going to, I watched every single snap of every lineman, but I thought in general, when I went back and rewatched, I thought this offensive line looked a lot better in the number ones. I think the caveat to that is when any other lineman came in the game, it was a huge drop off. Um, so I, I, again, I think that our starting offensive line, um, especially when Teddy comes back and we're looking to maybe he gets in there. And I think we also got to not to go down this, but I think we got to have some maybe reset expectations of what he will be. Um, Cause a couple injuries in a row and a lot of missed time is, is concerning about how good he truly will be. But I, I yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a little Derek, you disagree. You think he's going to be a star? No, no, I, I, it's not that I disagree. I just think it's funny when you kind of hammered me so bad when I said that about Fedoni and you're saying the same thing about Teddy and just 
made me laugh. That's fair. That's fair. That, that's a fair comparison. Um, I think that the difference, if I will, is that I think a lot of people have kind of baked that in a little bit with Fedoni, and I I think everyone's like, oh no, he's played. Prasca's played. What I mean, what do you mean? He's been out there, and 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 when he has played, he hasn't looked great. Um, he, he's been serviceable. Maybe had a good game here and there, but. I, I guess ultimately what I'm saying is I, I left that game overall more impressed with the offensive line starting than when I entered it. So if we're doing the buy stock, I am buying stock in this starting offensive line and praying no injuries occur. Well, Derek, I'll give it a meh. It, it wasn't the worst offensive line I've seen. To say it's the best in a half decade or decade or whatever you said is pretty far-fetched, I think. Uh, Have you seen our offensive line the last half decade? I said half decade. Okay. Well, uh, they didn't do as good as I I think. Dude, our our quarterbacks are being pressured quite a bit. Jeff Sims got tackled behind the line of scrimmage three or four times. Uh, There was two – well, I'll give him the one sack. That was against Harburg, and that was with the starting line in. And Which sack on Harburg? Not the one that he like. He only had. Hit. He was only sacked once. There was only two. That sacks was not on the offensive line. That was not on the offensive line. That was on the quarterback. You, you can't blame the offensive line when you send seven people blitzing and the quarterback doesn't get rid of the ball. That is not you have he five offensive have linemen. <laughs> you right. have five offensive All right. linemen. All right, we'll make a block because there were six guys back there. Okay, because he. There was not six guys back there. Clarify this. <laughs> Do you? There was more than two. Uh, Do we need so to pause anyway. this so you guys can hug it out for a second? <laughs> or what's, what's going on here? What are we doing? Okay, I, I'm gonna go back to the running backs because there's some more stats I want to get into that verify how bad this offensive line was. But I'd rather bring them up with with another group. Uh, but I'm, I'm gonna talk about average uh, yards per carry. Again, it was it was abysmal. Yeah, we had a couple decent runs, the longest one of 11 from a running back. You talk about them having all these holes open. Why can't these running backs get further? It's either, it's, either the, it's either the running backs aren't as good as we think they are or the offensive line really wasn't doing their jobs as good as you say they were. One of the two things has to be true. I don't think it's it has great. to be true. I mean, I, I think I, there's a third option. I think that the defense played a hell of a game. Defense was pretty damn good. I was impressed with the defense. You know, I've been a very critical of the offensive line and uh, Donnie Rayola. And, I mean, watching they, they them. Had, they had plays where I, I was like, offensive line looks better. Yeah. They had some, but they had some plays where I was like, hmm, I've seen that before. I, I Again, I want to, like, they were I'm not, they were not perfect. Is, You're right. They were not they, perfect. They were not. They were not. And they weren't even great. We've just had some really shitty offensive lines, and I still I, think they're pretty shitty. I, I guess that's where I, I think that they that's are. Why, that's why. That's why I'm saying meh. Like that's fair. That mediocre. I think they, they have. They have. They have. I, I don't know if they're exceeding the expectations. They're not going to be the strength of the team. I mean, I, no, I, no, I don't think so any of us expect that. I, I will say that, like the trajectory of the offensive line last year, they were total dog shit for the first half of the season. And they made incremental improvements throughout the season. I think from where they left off at the end of last season, 
through 15 practices, what we saw in the spring game, they are still making incremental progress yes. to the positive. They are not they are not stagnant. We're seeing a little bit of flashes of what they could be. And there's going to be a lot more practices with these guys, with this coaching staff. I think they're doing a great job. I'm not going to say this yet because I'm too proud. But maybe Donnie Rayola, he is getting his message across. Yeah. I mean, there, there's little help. And they were down Teddy Prohaska. But, I mean, they didn't suck. They did not suck in this game. Yeah, I guess that's where I'm at. Like, I we have seen just bad offensive line. Yeah. Like that. I mean, if if you were to talk about like the Scott Frost era in like uh, like three key bullet points, one would be inability to win close games. Two would be just awful turnovers over and over again in really clutch situations. And three would just be shitty offensive line play. I guess to throw a fourth in there, just insane player utilization. Well, let's, let's have Wandell Robinson transfer because we don't know how to use him. And then Tyler just gets his name. Him and Marcus Washington <laughs> interchange for all of time, which I don't know why those two remind me of each other because they're nothing alike. I, I, we, I don't we don't know, know either, Tyler. <laughs> hey, but, but, but another positive about offensive line. There weren't a lot of penalties. So, I mean, it's small steps. Small steps at this point, right? That's fine. I, yeah. They, I'm they, they, going to say right. come after this game and go, yeah, they were pretty impressive because they weren't. No, we're, we're not saying that either. But, we're, I mean, it's we're seeing. I'm seeing progress. All right, let's Maybe. move to defense here. Uh, we're going a little bit long here. So, let's talk about defensive line. Tyler. Who stood out to you on defensive line? Well, so I got to preference this because this is kind of the, the, the hard thing about doing position groups in this offense is trying to get where people actually are. Yeah. Um, and are, are they linebackers? Are they that? And I think that's going to be one thing from like an analytics and trying to break down like we have done historically that's going to suck. It is. Like, it is going to be a nightmare trying to say, is this a linebacker or defensive line? How do you rank them? But but for the point of this exercise, I I, I have pointed a couple guys uh, um, as what I would consider uh, uh, linemen, and and that's going to be Cameron Lenhart and Princewell Umanelin. Did I get that one right? Say that again. Umanelin. 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 Yep. Yeah. I, I I mean I think I'm getting. I mean that's a, definitely a tough name. But I'm going to call the guys defense alignment and, and my head. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that, Tyler. That one's tough to say. That one's, it's, a, it's a tough one. But what my headline is, our young guns are phenomenal. Yeah. Like, I mean, you talk about an incoming talent. Um, and, again, obviously those two freshmen stood out. Cameron played really well. Princewell played really well. But you got to point to guys like Elijah Judy, who played really well as a new player in this. Maverick uh, Noonan. System. Yeah. Uh, definitely he looked good too. I mean, so you look at a lot of these new guys that came in this. Um, I had him in linebackers, but yeah, again, the, the, it's tomato, tomato on some of that crap. Um, but you, I, I, you as know, far, as far as what I went here, Tyler, I just went off, uh, what the rosters last I'm listed as if it's D line and I put them as D line. Yeah. And, 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 and that's just, that was the only way I could go about it. But, but, the, but the, the headline is, holy shit, we got some young guns and, I don't know. I was trying to think of a year 
that I could see as many freshmen and newcomers making an impact on defense. Because we've seen this on offense. We've seen the template on offense where Adrian Martinez comes in as a freshman and dominates. We've seen Wando Robinson come in as a freshman and dominate. We've seen Trey Palmer, Samori Torrey come in as transfers and just to dominate. We haven't seen that on the defensive side of the ball. Like, I mean, I was trying to think of any immediate impact defensive guy that we have seen, and I couldn't really think of that. Like, there was no name in recent history. I'm like, oh, yeah, their first year on the program, they just absolutely took the program by storm. And this year I'm sitting there saying, holy shit, we have like three or four of these guys that I think next year could be major contributors. And it it starts up front. And look how tough it is to do it at a defensive line position. I mean, that's that's a position where you need to get your body right. You know, you yeah. you need to be mature. You know, you need to get grow, start to grow into that man body. But these yeah. guys, God, they they're, were impressive. Just they're thrown grown men. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. So that that was my takeaway. All right. So defensive line was by far the most exciting group of this team to me. Like, this was a group that we were all concerned about. Like, man, we don't know if we got any depth. We don't know what – we don't even know if we got a good starting rotation at all with this group. We we know we have Ty Robinson. And outside of him, we weren't real sure what this room was going to look like. Ty Robinson didn't even play. And I was completely impressed with so many guys. Prince Will Emmanuel Melan had uh, a sack, three tackles for loss for a total of four tackles. Eliza Judy had five tackles. Cam Lenhart had four tackles. A.J. Rollins, who's barely been a defensive lineman, had four tackles and a tackle for loss. I mean, you want to talk about amazing. I I, I was very impressed with his game. But a guy that is so uh, under-talked about was that Tagaloa. Brody Tagaloa. Dude, that guy had four tackles for loss between the the two defenses because he played on both defenses. Well, I mean, he had... one of those was a uh, punt return <laughs> or uh, punt tackle, I guess. I mean, how do you call that? Fake punt tackle? I don't know. Okay. I mean, Kai, yeah. Kai Wallen had one of those two. Yeah. Who was another guy who I was completely Kai impressed Wallen. with. Wallen Kai was Wallen. balling. We have, we, uh, man, I, he had four. Kai Wallen had four tackles, two yeah. tackles for loss, a sack. And here's the thing. We had... 18 tackles for loss, 12 from the Reds, or, yeah, from the Reds, which would have been the starting defense. Half of those tackles for loss came from the defensive line. Like, that's what you want to see. Yeah. That is exactly what you want to see. On on the white defense, we had six tackles for loss, and four of them came from our defensive line. So, two, I mean, man, I, this is what, I, what you expect to see out of, out of a defensive line. Yeah. Guys getting in the backfield and making plays, and that's what this defensive line did. I, I was so impressed with what this defensive line did, which is another reason why I'm not so sure that this offensive line had such a good game that you guys think they had because these were some of the stats I wanted to talk about. When your defensive line was kind of owning them like that, I mean, 12 tackles for loss by one team is a lot in a spring game. That, that's a lot of tackles for loss. I don't know how many of those – uh, were against the number one uh, offensive line. I I, I don't know. Well, maybe we know, maybe we know, all we know, of them we, had, we know we know two of them were punts. 
Yeah. So we know two of them had. Punched. Okay, so that's that's one apiece. That's one white, one red. And then again, the and the one offensive line was not in on every series on white. All right. I, I mean, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, it is kind of hard. I mean, you you can go by uh, white and red, but you know, if you look at it just from what you saw out of the starters on offense and defense, I think I think we're in good shape. Yes, the backups, there's a lot to clean up, but those guys aren't, they're not going to play collectively as a unit in most games unless you're up a lot or getting the shit kicked out of you. Uh, moving to the linebackers, and this is another interesting group because Nick Henrich was out, so was Luke Reimer. So what does that leave? It leaves a lot of opportunity for a lot of new guys. So Tyler, what did you think of the linebackers? Well, I mean, I, I could point out some of the names like MJ Sherman, um, who, who was a star. He was a stud. Who looked amazing. But my biggest takeaway is, is oh my god, do I love Tony White's defense? Because yeah. these linebackers, like I, where the hell do they line up? Because they're all over the place. Like John Bullock, I was like, is he a safety? Like sometimes he was that far back. Sometimes he's right on the line of scrimmage. MJ Sherman, similar, like. Is he back? He's forward. They're they're up. They're down. They're sideways. I have no idea where it is, and like I just think about trying to block them. Like, how do you even game plan when you have no effing idea where these linebackers are? Because it's kind of easy to do that with defensive line, right? Like, there's someone in your gap. Okay, you know you block it. There's someone head up on you. You know what to do. But linebackers, you're gonna see these tackles and guards. They're gonna be like. I'm supposed to block the inside backer, and he is lined up eight yards off the line of scrimmage. Do I block him? Oh, wait, now he's on the line of scrimmage. What do I do? Like, it is going to be a nightmare to defend. So, yeah, there's a lot of players. I, I my, my number two takeaway was they look that good without Luke Reimer and Nick Henrik. Like, holy shit, what is it going to look like when they're back in the rotation? But my, my number one is 100% on the scheme, and... I don't know if I know what we're running, but I know I like it. So, Tyler, okay, this is way far too early, but what are the odds that Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich uh, become starters? I I, I still say it's high. I I think that they are... uh, Three weeks ago, I would have said they're two of our four best defenders. I, I, I don't think... They have fallen off that much. Now, if you had asked me what their snap percentage might be in the fall, I mean, I may have said something like 75, 80% utilization. I may, I don't know if I'm saying that today, yeah. but I, I'm not 100% convinced that John Bullock is going to like overtake Luke Reimers starting out in side backer. I just, I'm not, I'm not there. I'm, I'm not even close to there. Derek, as good as he looked, he looked good. I mean, he yeah, played he well. I mean, but I, yeah, I just I'm not that that that's not something I'm prepared to say. Derek, your thoughts on linebackers? I, they they were good. I, I Tyler kind of stole most of my thunder there, but MJ Sherman was absolutely impressive. My my only disappointment on the linebackers was Chief Borders because we heard so much about him all spring. They brought him in to talk with the media and you just, you thought, Oh man, this guy's really the real deal. And he, I never heard his name once. I don't, I, I assume he played. I don't, I'm not even hundred percent sure he played. He was listed as a starter on the white defense. Uh, but I, I, I don't remember seeing him. I didn't see him a lot on the field. 
Maybe but, in the but beginning, he, but I, 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 I didn't look there. terribly close for him, I guess. I was just expecting to see some plays made out of him, and we didn't see it. So I was a little disappointed with that. But overall, Tyler's right. Like, I mean, when you look that good and you don't even have two of your possible you are what probably should be starters on playing and you still look that good. The depth the depth there again looks pretty pretty promising. So finally our last group is defensive backs and we've never had any issues with the defensive backs. I mean there's one thing that Travis Fisher, uh, the old defensive backs coach for Scott Frost could do. I mean, he was one hell of a DB coach. He always gave you a good defensive backfield placing guys like Malcolm Hartzog last year out, out on the field. And it's like, Oh my God, it's true freshman. And he turned into a stud. He's returning along with Quentin Newsome. Isaac Gifford is back there. Buford, he was hurt, but I mean, this is, this was a very comfortable defensive backfield. Uh, I mean, I, I, I appreciate what we saw out of them. They did not, like, surprise me by any means. We knew what we were going to get, and they didn't let down. So, Derek, what were your thoughts on defensive backs? I, I, I'm with you. They were good. Uh, probably, probably the biggest surprise was Miles Farmer being on the second team. Yeah. Uh, that was a huge surprise. He was on the white defense, which was not the number one defense. So, But, that, but that, that's the whole thing, man. That white defense looked almost as good as the red defense did. Now, I get it. The the, the white offense was per the red offense was pretty bad. But, it was pretty bad. But 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 was it bad or did that say that? I mean, I'm kind of thinking we're pretty deep in defense. Like I, okay. Tyler, I'm kind of with you. Like I, I think we have a good defense. I, I really do. Oh, I don't know if I'm out. where I don't know if I'm where you are, but I do think this is a good scheme and I do think it's a good defense. Well, well, my takeaway is. Few weeks ago, we did our we ranked our position groups, and I had secondary number one. And just go ahead and give me all the flowers in the world because I think I nailed that one. I think our secondary is the strength of this. Say team. Prince Will uh, Emmanuel Milan like three times, and we will give you the flowers. Don't do it looking into a mirror, though. You might conjure up something <laughs> fucking scary. I don't know. Um, no, I mean, I mean, guys, I mean, there. We started this podcast with me talking about the quarterbacks and how I was disappointed with it. And it, it we talked about the chicken and the egg. Is it really this? I mean, there was no separation for these wide receivers. There was not one play. And I, when I went back and rewatched the game, when I was in person, there was not one play I saw a wide receiver running free. There was nothing. There, I mean, in fact, anytime the ball was more than 15 yards thrown downfield, there was usually... Two guys there. The longest pass of the day was only successful because it was a perfectly thrown ball, but the the DB was toe-in-toe right there with them. I mean, mm. this unit, you don't agree? You think Berkter had like five steps No, on no, him? I'm just saying, I, was, I, I thought Billy Kemp found his way into the open field. I mean, he, he broke himself open. I thought uh, on, on the two On the two-point conversion, there was nobody within 10 yards of him. Okay, that's fair. The the ten yeah. point the two point was a pretty open play. I I left at the secondary and I thought it looked really well. I thought Hardzog picked up right where he left off. Yeah. He looked great. I mean, I don't even really recall many balls being thrown at Quentin Newsom. Um Collier came in, the guy that I wasn't necessarily high on on the transfer portal. 
start of the day. Um, and he's had a quiet spring too. I mean, really quiet spring. And I, again, I can't necessarily point to that. I just, I think that the the wide receivers, I'm, I'm sorry, the secondary was really really impressive all day, all over those wide receivers. No room to do anything. Yes, there was drops, but even if they had caught it, they weren't gaining much on this defense. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it's there's a lot of flashes of positivity. I mean, there's a lot of things to, a lot of positive things to take away from this good, uh, from this game. As far as the good guys, you know, when I say good guys, I mean the first teamers, right? And maybe even some of the second teamers. It did look like a shit show at times. If you get you know farther down, you know, to the uh, lower second level or third level guys, but that's to be expected. That's why they are there, right? But the first teamers, I, I, I see a lot of optimism here. So let's talk about some transfers. We've had, uh, we've had three transfers that have come out since the spring game, and uh, I guess it's four overall. Lonnie Brown, he transferred last week. Uh, spring game happens, and we see quarterback. Logan Smothers, quarterback Richard Torres, and wide receiver Victor Jones all hit the transfer portal. And I'm really shocked because as many guys as we've needed to get rid of, it's like at least 13, 14 guys that we need to get rid of. And here we are, we're recording on Tuesday night, you know, four days after the spring game, and only three guys have hit the transfer portal. People don't want to leave this coaching staff. That's the impression I'm getting. They're like, you're going to have to fucking kick me out. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, just three guys have gone. So we had the same conversation last year, though. Like, like we were over. You know, there were, there were. We were all sitting there going, "Why? Why isn't anybody leaving?" Yeah. We we had the same conversation. So I don't know if it's the staff. I, I don't. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Maybe I don't know what it is about these players that all want to stick around. It's awesome that they do. Yeah, I mean, you look, at, you see Colorado, and people are jumping ship like it's Titanic sinking. I mean, it's they're just all jumping into the transfer portal. We're not. So let's talk about these guys: uh, quarterback Logan Smothers and quarterback Richard Torres. Uh, Tyler, your thoughts on those two leaving? Um, well, so, let's start with Richard Torres uh, since he broke first. I think so. I he was a guy I was really high out of high school. I I really thought. Um, Especially when we brought him in under the Mark Whipple offense, I thought he really had a chance to thrive. He had a lot of the tools. I, I think I went on record to say, like, he was the most hyped I had been on a quarterback out of high school since Luke McCaffrey committed. So apparently that is a bad, like, thing to point out on a quarterback is me being high on them because they don't typically work out. Um, so, but in the grand scheme of things, we knew where we had to cut. Um, he was a shock in the realm that no one really expected him to. I think there's a lot of like buzz around other guys, and I hadn't heard his name, but I think considering an offense, it makes sense. On the Luke Mc, uh, on the Logan Smothers thing, again, not a shock in a lot of realms, but after the spring game, I was sitting there thinking, I really think Logan Smothers has a chance to be number three, and God forbid if Casey Thompson transfers. Like, he would have been my favorite to be the number two quarterback this year. So, I, it, it is, I, I, he's a guy who stuck it out, a guy I'm high on, probably, not a shock. None of these guys are shocks, and, and we need to lose guys, and so none of it's bad, but he was a guy that I, I'm, I'm just like, 
a little bit more disappointing on because I think he had the potential to actually be that third guy or potentially second guy if Casey walks for some reason, which now you got to imagine he's not. We we it would be a it would be a disaster if Casey Thompson walked now. Yeah, oh, it would. <laughs> be, you would yeah. you would almost have to look at bringing another transfer quarterback in at this point. Were you kind of shocked though that Logan Smothers he didn't participate in spring ball at all, and then after spring ball he's leaving? I mean, don't you think that maybe that was one of those situations where he wants to should have looked for a home before? I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's just waiting to graduate. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's so tough to tell these kids' well, motivations. He, he had to have surgery. Maybe he wanted to wait till he recovered from that. Yeah, yeah medic, rehab. Medical. Yeah, but he's a guy that I think will go. I mean, it will not shock me if he's a starter somewhere. Like he it, it UAB. Will, huh? That's that's my prediction. He goes to UAB and he's a starter there. It would it, that would not be shocking. That 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 sequence of events. I mean, he's from Alabama. Goes, goes back home. Yeah. I mean, he can't go to Alabama or Auburn, but. UAB is a good good school for him to go to. I, that, that's that's my guess right there. Is he not a power five guy in your estimates? I, I don't think so. Did you, have you seen any of the Iowa quarterbacks over recent years? <laughs> There's no way that they, Spencer Petras is a they power were not five power five conference players. Shouldn't have been. Yeah. Uh, Victor Jones, Tyler. Uh, again, another guy I was really high at out of high school. Um, I, I think he was a four-star coming out, so definitely um, a guy that we thought to. And I think especially in that wide receiver room where depth is definitely a concern, you know, you kind of sat there and said, man, he maybe would have been a guy that you'd love to see step up. Um, well, I think we're at the point now with him and Elante Brown both departing where you're probably damn near capacity. I think you're... What any more departures out of that room with Bonner changing position groups? Um, I think you're almost in like critical territory for depth. Uh, so hopefully that's the last out of the wide receiver room. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously had to contribute a lot. We need to lose numbers, but that's definitely something to keep an eye on over the next few weeks. Eric, your thoughts? Oh, I'm with, I'm with Tyler here. Like that's probably the one position group. You really kind of didn't want to see anybody leave, uh, especially after losing Alante Brown, uh, Jenner and Bonner switching positions. Yeah, it's just it's a, we we talked about it. Like, how many scholarship guys do we have left? Like, they're all they've been all left. We have seven of guys that are on campus now, but we'll have five more in about a week. Or- but, that, but that's a, but that's a lot to ask out of five freshmen. And I don't know that we have a lot coming in outside of Malachi Coleman that are going to be good enough to be part of that depth. Take that back. We have six. I was counting Bonner in that because Bonner is going to play kind of like a hybrid. So yeah. So six guys. No, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's tough. I mean, that's it's it's, not, it's definitely not a position group you wanted to lose. But to, to be fair, though, uh, when we played the, uh, the scholarship uh, – Shutting, I guess that that game. Derek, both me and you, we both had five guys leave in the wide receiver room by the time the season started. Yeah, that was yeah. an asinine take, and it's it's pretty damn close now too. Well, you're at, you're at two, 
if, if you want to throw Bonner in there, na- name the other three guys you think are going to transfer. So, well, okay, so Alani Brown is gone. Tommy Hill, he moved out. Victor okay, Jones so is gone. Bonner's moved out. So that's okay. we've shed four out of the wide receiver room already. Okay, that's that, there was a, there was a point I believe we had like fourteen sixteen scholarship had sixteen wide receivers scholarship guys okay well were they all scholarship guys yeah yeah okay we're down to twelve we have twelve scholarship guys right now five are freshmen uh, I'm sorry six are and, true freshmen and they're not here yet yeah and none of them were early enrollees really. so that that's fair that's fair if you count Tommy Hill I guess I, I get what you're saying with those guys leaving yeah. um could you. Could we lose another one? Speaking of which, did Tommy Hill play oh, at defensive Hill back? Well. Did he Hill play well? well? I thought he I he showed out on a few plays. He played with the Reds or White, whatever the second team, I guess. Okay. The Whites, I can't remember the yeah, the Reds. I guess I don't recall Whites. hearing his name at all. The, the, the offense was the number one. The, the offense was Whites. Yeah. So okay, so so, so he was at the Reds. Yeah. So um Okay. But yeah, you know, I thought he played well, actually. I don't recall hearing his name. I didn't pay attention to him. I don't know if he had a lot of tackles, but I think he had yeah, a couple. St- statistically, he didn't show up on the stats. I thought he had two I pass. Think. I think I thought I saw he had two pass breakups. Maybe I. I... Derek, you don't I, have, I, the, I, I, you don't I, have I, the stats have memorized yet, Derek. <laughs> what the hell? You are slacking. But but, but anyway, but yeah, but I guess my point is. I mean, what's your take, Justin? I mean, I mean, are you at the point where you're a little bit of a critical depth at wide receiver room? Well, yeah. I mean, I, but I've always been that way. I mean, I've I've never really liked the depth that was there, and it's just it's maybe not the qu- the quantity, but it's the quality more so. I mean, I haven't been impressed with the quality. I mean, I, I get uh, th- 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 that. Sorry that's to yeah. But th- this is what I like about Matt Rule. Matt Rule has kind of shut down the thought that we're going to be going after transfers. And like, and, and and I'm not saying that's right. I don't longer. know. I mean, that's I don't I I can't see that as being like a. I I, I, I would be he, shocked he, he if doubled, he did he not pursue. Down, a, a, he he doubled down on the post game presser. Yes, he did. Talking about he's not looking for any more transfers. He's well, he, wanting to coach the guys that are here. He's, yep, he's and, not looking. But if those guys I, pop just, up, somebody else is looking on his staff. He's got a staff of like sixty people. I'm just saying, like. The part of the concern is, is, and you could talk about previous coaches. In, I guess you could talk about the Frost staff, call them out, and what they left behind. But Matt Rule brought in six true freshmen. Like he signed true, six true freshmen to this class. Like he knew what he was doing to this wide receiver room. So I don't know what I mean. If we go out and bring in a transfer, because I think that's the room right now. I'm sitting there saying, if you're going to bring a transfer in. I think there's two rooms that I think offensive line has gotten a little bit of buzz. I'm not really there on offensive line. I think wide receiver is the room I would look at. And I just sit there and say, we will be in the same fucking position next year because we have six true freshmen. Like you brought in six freshmen. They, they have to play. Not if you bring I, in I, a senior. If you bring in a senior this year at wide receiver or offensive line. You already have line. two 30-year-olds on this roster. I mean, I mean, how old do you want a wide receiver room to be? I mean, the, these... I don't these care se- the age. These I just senior want, wide receivers could have given birth to these freshmen. Like, they, they could I be I want contributors. Guys. I want guys that can play on, you know... With the COVID year, these guys are 26 years old. I, I get older, it. 
It I, is. I just, it's nuts. I just I. You made your bet. I, I think you're you're in a position. You made your bet. You have six true freshmen. You know what? You brought six true freshmen. They have to play. They have to play. You have to find two of those guys that could take snaps this year. And Malachi Coleman is is, is almost penciled in. So you, you have to find yeah. one of those guys that you brought in that is going to be capable of take, taking a few snaps this season. Jaden Doss probably has to be the guy that's yeah. the second. He, he, but do you? Name. If Malachi Coleman comes in and can play, you I mean, you're really that hard on Josh Flakes. You don't think he can no. suffice? I mean, over, over situational. I, I don't know if he's a. I'm not saying he's a go-to guy, but no, I'm not. not I'm not even saying that, Derek. I'm just saying I don't think he's he's a guy that you line up for 20, 30 plays a game. I don't think he's a fifteen. I, I mean, don't think you need that. Why do you need 20, 30 plays a game? You're probably only going to have sixty, seventy plays a game with this offense. Okay. So you got Marcus Washington, Billy Kemp. Let's say Xavier Betts. Let's say that's your starting three. Then you go IGC number four, and again I think you're. With Xavier Betts and IGC, I think you're already in the questionable territory. Yeah, then I you get too. to Malachi Coleman. So, are you that? I I just I'm I'm not sure. Like maybe if an injury or two occurs, Josh Fleeks is a guy that I would mind taking some snaps. I just I'm not. But sold again, that we he's still there. have Sean. We still have Sean Hardy too. Like between Sean Hardy and Josh Fleeks. Like you could find somebody other outside of the true freshman that have to play. So I will say that I was Ty really Han. shocked that Ty Han was pretty decent. I will oh, say I'd even be willing to play him. Well, I'll say that I was shocked that Sean Hardy got uh snaps during that first series. Yeah. Uh with the with the Whites. Yeah, I, I mean I get but I but Derek, I'm also in the camp that like these are freshmen. Like these this is twenty twenty three. Freshmen can play. Like there well, doesn't have it. to be the rule that I they get have it, but to you're sit. sitting here saying you're sitting here saying you have to play these guys. I think you have or to. We're screwed. You don't have to play these guys. Half we of your have, scholarship athletes we have are other freshmen. Guys that can play. Half of your scholarship athletes are freshmen, and one of the freshmen's gonna play. But you don't have to have two or three of them. I, I don't agree with you there. So you're gonna have to get bodies from somewhere, right? So if if there are six, no, I don't. I don't think you have to get bodies. Like I, I, I agree with Tyler. I think there's enough bodies here. Well, I, I mean, I, well, I think the problem is okay. So in a perfect world, not one wide receiver gets injured this season. In 2023 is a miracle year. No one gets injured. Then maybe you're right, Derek. Maybe you don't have to play a freshman. But unfortunately, someone's probably going to get hurt. Like at some point in the season, someone's probably going to get hurt, and unfortunately. Like not a lot of the. I, go ahead. I, I would tell I would tell you this. I think you guys are both crazy to think that Matt Rule brought Josh Fleeks in just to ride the bench. Like he recruited him at Baylor, and now he's recruited him here. And if you think he's not going to find the field at all, I think you guys are crazy. Well, no, I, I think, think that, he'll I find think the he, field, but it's like ten plays a game at Matt. And I think That's the right. evidence. And That's I think, all you need him for. And I, I think, think the evidence is. was he was with the he was with the backups. Yeah. I mean, he was one of the few senior. Well, I, actually, well, Stefan okay. Wynn was with the backups too. Exactly. That was so, pretty like, interesting. Just, Justin, what did you tell me when I said something about him being with the backups? Well, I guess you probably had to give the the red offense some playmakers. You couldn't just keep all the Taihans out there. Oh, I disagree. That was a horrible take, Justin. That's exactly what they did. I don't know. I don't know. I just thought. Right, before- 
just before this podcast started, me and Justin had a conversation about Josh Fleeks, and he was on the same page as me with Josh Fleeks. I don't know what happened between then and now, but no, I mean, but the, the same thing though. I I'm mean, he's like he's like a ten he's a ten play a game guy. I mean, I don't think I don't think you can look at Josh Flakes from what I've seen, which is I just need a guy anything. that can get on the field. That's all I'm asking for, and he is that guy. If he if he look if he can if he can play ten plays, that's all I need him for. I just need somebody to come in and relieve some guys once in a while. I don't need him to. We're not going to run this fast-paced hundred-play offense. I don't need him to come in every other play. I, I guess we'll see how that plays out. But I, I just think you need a little bit more, especially depth. when, especially when I, I don't know if the spring game tells me anything is that we're going to run two to one running plays. Well, and, and, and I guess kind of get to the last notes on the spring game. You know, we talked about some of the offense deficiencies. I think one thing we did not see in the spring game that's going to help our offense is we didn't see the option. Like, we, I mean, I could not, I could not recall one true option we ran, whether it be read option, triple option, anything. And I really do expect that to be an element of this staff next year. And I don't really? know how much. I, you don't think we'll run any option? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think we're going to go to Frank Solage era. I don't think we're going to go to Tim Beck era, but I expect the option to be maybe, five to 10 maybe, plays a game. I think it'll be in maybe, the playbook, but I, I, I wouldn't maybe, expect to see it. Every I, I don't, game. I don't expect to see it at all. Maybe an RPO, but not, not an actual just read I, option. I think or... I saw like two RPOs. I mean, I, I, I think, I think there's a lot of, I think the defense, I think the offense held back more than the defense on play calling. Well, I hope so. I hope so. You you have to have that uh, element of surprise when you go in. You can't. I don't like, think it's that. I think it's quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, I know they want quarterback live, but I don't think they were looking to get their quarterbacks. You know, twelve tack get tackled twelve times in the game. Yeah, I think that's why some of the RPO and options were not in the playbook that we'll probably see this fall. All right. Well, we did not get to. Uh, a lot of things. We didn't get into special teams because we had some missed field goals here. But we have gone extremely long here. Uh, apologize to the listeners if you're still listening this late. <laughs> but, uh, hey, uh, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cast on Twitter, at Husker Cast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcast. Hit that sub- subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. As always, go Big Red.